Come be part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. Comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. Ah! Peaches in a world. I wanted to beat you to the... Okay. Ah, I just pushed that button. Did you hear it? I heard it. Peaches in a whirl. That's you know what we haven't heard for a long time is G.K. Chesterton. You What's... almost don't need the peaches in a whirl button. That's the default peaches. Which which button was G.K. Chesterton? G.K. Chesterton. Is it this one? I don't remember. No, that would be the outro. Hold on, I think it's... Is it in the next panel? Yeah. I think I have to go like this. Okay, wait. Okay, what do you want? Nope. nope that's my kids. Mm-hmm. We're starting season two of the Just Because I Love You podcast. That's not it. Wow, that's a also. So these are all back. Just Because I Love You things. I wonder what these are. Okay, Chesterton. Chesterson. Oh, that was our old one. Yeah. Okay, so it's one of these then. G.K. Chesterson. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I found it. What a beautiful voice Let's that guy Let's do it again. G.K. Chesterson. And you know what I think this is? I think this might be your. Uh, I think this might be your mouth honk. <laughs> it is. Yeah, this is my mouth honk. <laughs> Man. G.K. Chesterson and mouse it's, and mouth honk. It's been a while since we played with the soundboard. Okay. There. Forgotten, Always take time. To forgot play all with about the mouth honk. Um, uh, welcome, Carl. Yeah. We are back from the FLF conference. Well, we already said that on the last episode, and I just want to publicly apologize for the awful for sound quality of that last one. You know what happened, Carl, is we didn't have time. That's not true. We did have time. We we did have the same amount of time last week as we had any other week. There we was a solar eclipse. We a podcast. But I feel like that might there not. There was a ring of fire solar eclipse. I feel like that might not have had anything to do with the time passage. I, <laughs> I, we didn't get a podcast recorded. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And so we did it on Sunday evening after skews during the effort party. And those are always a little bit sketchy. It was sketchy differently than it usually is sketchy though because usually we have some technical issues that we're aware of while recording where somebody will freeze or mm-hmm. you know we're interrupting each other because there's a slight delay this time the conversation actually felt like it was going really well in real time but then when it condensed when the audio was pressed together and exported so that we could upload it everybody again. talked over everybody else yeah it was like not synced up properly and so i was able to answer some of juan's questions before he asked them it was miraculous to listen to yeah it's... and you pushed that out into the potiverse well, what else okay. are we gonna do what are we gonna do you can't we got deadlines put that man quality out there this we is got... a high bar show it, it is not a high bar show that's the reason we pushed it out there we started this podcast with full knowledge fully aware that if it was going to require any sort of consistency and technical manipulation then it was not going to happen right and so we've 
from the, from the get-go, we were like, we're just going to record the best we can and shove it out into the public. Right. There are tech guys who have podcasts, and they have really highly produced ones, mm -hmm. and they're really snazzy to listen to, mm -hmm. but they and don't have a, a lot of interesting things to say. They don't and, have the peaches. And then there's us, and we have lots of interesting things to say. But you can't understand it. Because <laughs> you have to listen to me <laughs> because talk. Because our technical, <laughs> technical abilities are so... Yeah. Are so uh, amateurish and yeah. You have to you have to pause it and then go back a few seconds and listen to it again because you have to listen for my voice first and then for Juwan's voice. Right, and then you can try to listen to Brian. And what you have Brian to listen said. multiple times, not because you have to hear it again to to think about it, but because you just can't understand what was said <laughs> the first time. There was a point it's where we're talking to Brian and he doesn't have an audio track at all because right. it didn't export at all. And so it's like we're talking to somebody like, you know, how some podcasts they talk to their sound guy and he's not mic'd. Yeah. That's kind of what it sounds oh, like. So there's a big spot where Brian is talking and you just yeah, hear nothing. You hear nothing, but you can tell we're talking to him because we said his name and then everybody gets quiet and then we all laugh. And then we <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. go listen to it. It's great. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this that's that's the kind of stuff you only hear on the comedian next door. <laughs> you can't go to the one of those well produced podcasts and get moments like that. Yeah. Lucas. So I'm apologizing for it because other than that being impossible to listen to, I thought it was a good conversation. It was a good podcast, except you it's incomprehensible. Right. But. The subject matter was intriguing though, and I do think Juwan has been thinking about it even today. Was it intriguing? Because I thought we just decided a few minutes ago that nobody really cares about that topic. Um, but we weren't we weren't talking about of the six day creation, the literal six day creation, Carl, in case you didn't missed last week's to, yeah. episode. Well we weren't really talking about the six day creation though. Twenty four hours. We were actually talking about the fact that some people do choose to make it a big deal, like a, a shibboleth test, like to find out whether a person is a real Christian or not. And so that is something that intrigues people, I think. Like um, just yesterday at our church, one of our friends, Jason, reminded us of a saying that also was brought up during the recording of that podcast, which was um, in, you'll be able to finish this, by the way. Um, oh, it's just the... Uh, in Essentials. In Essentials, Unity. unity in Opinions. In Opinions, Liberty. liberty. And in everything, love, right? Or in, charity. In all things, love. Yeah. In it's all things, love. love something or charity. like that. Charity. Yeah. Anyway, um, and so Jason had quoted that in church, and then Jeff Lane quoted it while we were recording the podcast. Right. That is a Church of Christ thing, by yeah. the way, Carl. So if you're like, where did you get that quote? That is a, I think, exclusively the Church of Christ says that. I.e., the Word of God. In other words, <laughs> real Christians. <laughs> If you haven't heard that before, it's because you don't go to a real, a real Christian church. church. Yeah, you're not actually saved. Right. But um, but the thing that intrigues people is that we can all agree with that on the surface. But, of course, it becomes a little more complicated when you're trying to categorize the various issues into essentials. <laughs> Particularly when you're trying to figure out what the essentials are. Right. <laughs> right. So In Essentials, unity. Well, what are those essentials? Well, it depends. On and we were talking, talking like just a few minutes ago, we were talking about how most women who are like in the trenches raising small children right now, they have them in their households under their feet at this moment. And their the, household is trenches. Oh uh, yes. And they're stepping on children. Oh yes. They're living in trenches. It is for sure. Raising children in trenches. They are absolutely 
causing us to feel like war torn. Like war veterans. Yeah. yeah. But POWs. Like one kid is yelling down the stairs right now and I have headphones on, so I can't hear what said kid is saying. <laughs> but daddy was first the first word. Did you hear that? Did you hear? I heard that. Okay. It's so nice that you kids have ears that still work. It was daddy. They would have to come down, stand right next to me and shout. And pinch your arm. Yep. Um, what was I saying? Oh, women don't necessarily care, I don't think, about the, like, age of the earth. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> if you're an Answers in Genesis person. Most women don't care how old the earth is. No. But they do know they have a responsibility to teach their children the essentials of the Christian faith. And so if the age of the earth is, in fact, a Christian essential. It's, if it's an essential, then we need to we're know. interested in it. Because I do care about how to teach a child to have cursive handwriting. And I know that that's not a salvation issue, but I also do. Why do you care about that? Um, because I think that it's good for character development. I think that there's a connection. Cursive, cursive has a mind-body connection, mm-hmm. similar to listening to music. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you can have them listening to classical music while they're writing while their writing cursive, cursive, it does good things for their little brains. For their brains. And um, sometimes they hate it, and then that does good things for their training in their heart. Right, it's good for them to do things that they hate. Yeah. It is. Um, I know. And to take their time, they have to be patient. Like, it's one of those things that you can't just go, all right, I'm going to grin and bear it and run through it. Like, you have to Luke's back at the table now, by the way. Luke is scraping. I could hear that. that Almost completely deaf, and I could hear Luke. I don't think it was that loud on the soundboard, but maybe it was. We'll see. Okay. Anyway, uh, I think that, what was I saying? I think that it's, it's good for kids to learn how to do hard things but you don't think that women care about topics at like the uh the age of the earth or whether or not it was a literal 24-hour six-day creation period you don't think women care about that no no and i don't think that that's for their husbands to teach them i don't think most men care about it either though (laughs) do you luke uh i think it's fairly fascinating actually i don't think that it's you care about it issue but i think that it's uh you're really far away from the microphone is i he, like genesis is he far away I, I i i don't think that it's a topic i don't care about numbers if we're gonna well that would be the age but i know numbers the book oh then no, that's because that's part of the bible reading isn't it it is yeah it's we're in awful. numbers now that, uh, which is worse leviticus or numbers numbers, numbers. okay that's not even not even close which is worse, <laughs> numbers or Deuteronomy? Uh, still, still numbers. Yeah, numbers is pretty, pretty grueling. It's close though. Deuteronomy is Deuteronomy is not. You know, you go, oh, we're finally done with numbers, and then Deuteronomy is like, oh no, I'm still not happy. I mean, I'm happy we're out of numbers, but anyway, I wish that it was onward. I wish that Sam, Samuel came sooner. I don't um, know what I was saying. Whatever. Well, we were talking about about what people care about. People talking about trenches and stepping on babies. People, yeah. women need, and men too, they need practical, hands-on theology. Like we need, and if you, if we as the church do not provide people with a practical applied theology that they can, where they can take the scripture and wrap it up in flesh and, and walk it out from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed, then... The world will. The world will tell them who to vote for and 
um, what jobs to, what kind of jobs to get, how to dress, what music to listen to, and what happiness is. What happiness is. What to do with your child who's screaming. What the screaming. essentials are. What what to, what do you do when your child's struggling in school? Oh, the world will tell you what to do. They'll be dead wrong, but they'll tell you what to do. What do you do when you have an argument with your child's teacher? What do you do when you think that the child should be given this medication, but the doctor disagrees? What should you do? The world will tell you. But Christians are a little bit less inclined in most cases, and so therefore their people are being discipled by someone else. And should start doing a counter to see how far into an episode it takes Mandy to get into parenting analogies. No, I'm saying that <laughs> this is not an analogy. This is me making the case that that's what people care about. I'm saying people if you start about, talking about people care about their life, yeah, like right. mothers in the trenches care about teaching their kids and raising their kids, and fathers are also concerned with that, but in a different way. But all people are concerned with with living their life, right, and having their having uh, some way of of meeting the challenges and processing the things that happen to them on a daily basis. Right. In some for some so the, meaning for the best talk in my opinion and maybe I shouldn't like make them compete against each other I don't want to have too to, late I don't want to rank too the speakers late. but one of the best in my opinion with the best takeaway like the most encouraging and also convicting talk mm-hmm. of the whole weekend at FLF conference was Michael Foster, Michael Foster. Mm-hmm. yeah who I sent an email to about coming on this podcast and he said he would come on when I, he was at the conference we'll see if he remembers me or if i go straight to spam but anyway well we'll see yeah but he talked about i'm sure he's listening i'm sure he is (laughs) i'm sure he never misses an episode he talked about dishes and why nobody wants to do the dishes and how if you do a keyword search about dishes and relationships that you'll get just hundreds of articles about like why it's such an important, you know, thing for men. Yeah, it's to right. Do. It's that is the thing that it's become sort of the uh, the the illustration, the universal illustration for sharing of responsibilities right. and showing respect to other people. Everything. It's all wrapped up in the idea of doing the dishes. Right. A good man is going to help do the dishes. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he knows that you are not just his slave. You're, you're not an his equal. slave. And you're not his dishwashing. Right. person he's not too good to do the dishes like no. you are <laughs> <laughs> he's not better than you in fact he's a little worse he's than you he's way worse than you so you gotta go do the dishes uh and it was a it was a good talk mainly because even if you as a wife if i as a wife and mother am not struggling with that right now first of all there will be a time in the future where i'm tempted toward the selfishness that tells me I deserve better than this, you know. This stupid at some family. point, make your salad. at some point, it will be relevant in my personal experience again. But also, it's relevant to at least three or four of the girls and women that I know in real life right now. There are at least a handful of women who have never even thought about the way that feminism has colored their perspective on their own marriage and their relationship with their kids. And there's they. There are a lot of women who are just now beginning to be convicted by the fact that their discontentment and their bitterness and their, you know, constant negative self-talk is coming from that place. From It's a sin. It's not because you've got this horrible husband and these horrible kids, but you've actually allowed yourself to entertain those negative thoughts for all this time because you have been 
influenced by feminist talking points. Well, you're saying that the lack of applied theology is sort of like a vacuum and it and it's going to get filled up with something. And so if you don't have good theology in you, then that vacuum sucks in feminism. Right. Well, and I'm saying that or whatever the masculine, what's the masculine version of feminism? Just regular old selfishness? I guess. Is it toxic masculinity? Narcissism? Maybe. Is that what it is? It's all narcissism. It's all it's selfishness. It's all narcissism. But I'm I'm saying that we're either going to be learning these lessons for ourselves or we're going to be teaching somebody else. There is nothing else. There's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing else that we need to go out looking for. So a flashy, you know, a flashy conference with a, with a new theme, a cool, you know, title that nobody's heard recently probably isn't actually very necessary when really what we need is the same things we've always needed, which is information on how to be better husbands and wives and sisters and brothers and neighbors in real life every day. So, I don't know. Maybe that doesn't make any sense, but I think I think that I need to be uh, better at being bored. Hmm. I need to be better at being bored. I think if I had uh, the skills to be able to endure the passing of uh, multiple mundane hours, which leads to mundane days, which leads to weeks where you have trouble remembering how what you did the prior week because there was nothing that was stand out and different from the week pr- you know prior to the week prior. Uh, and being okay with that rather than having anxiety or starting to go, uh-oh, somebody else is living a fuller life than me. What is their secret? I don't really care what their secret is. I'm going to spend a lot of energy just hating their guts because they're living a way that I feel like I should be living. I think that boredom and an ordinary, uh, unremarkable events are... Or it's important to be able to handle those with some grace and some dignity and to maintain your sense of, of uh, purpose. That may be something that a lot of men need to learn how to do, how to be content with mundane, you know, sameness. Well, but I'm, I'm using that word to, you've described the same thing, but you don't call it boredom, but there's a, there's a sameness and there's a, an, a, 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 lack of flashiness in being a stay-at-home mom. Right, but I don't call it boredom for a reason. It's because once you get to the point where you recognize that you're not going anywhere or doing anything for a long time because this is where you've been called to be, then the next challenge becomes, how do I make something joyful and even, dare I say, exciting out of this every day? Like, how do I look forward to it instead of just, Oh, um, here I am having to do the dishes. How do I then go? I'm going to actually worship God with this load of dishes, and I'm going to make it something that I could potentially look forward to if I've got the right attitude and I've got the right you know, heart posture about it. Then it doesn't have to be boredom anymore. It doesn't have to be something I just endure for hours and days and weeks and months and years. Now it gets to be something that I can actually thank God for and um, and thrive. Is this the stereotypical yeah. bored housewife who sees the bad boy with the motorcycle and starts dreaming of it, this adventurous life? 
it doesn't have to be a bad boy with a motorcycle. Women who are stuck in the house and can't even remember the last time they had to take a shower because other people were going to be in the vicinity to smell them. Like they just, they daydream about just being able to get ready for work and drive to a job during the day. They literally think that it would be better if they could just get some sort of a side hustle, you know, and go to work. And that's why their husbands don't understand why they come home and the wife is jealous. Like, well, you're jealous of me for getting up at 6 a.m. and going to the office? Yes, they're jealous that you at least had the potential for, you know, for human contact, <laughs> for adult conversation. I think that's why it's so important for Christian men and women to be joyful and to appear content and satisfied because the world looks at the life you've chosen and just imagines how miserable it would be for them. But when they see you full of joy and finding fulfillment in that, it's it speaks. Well, the, the frustrating thing is the thing that it speaks to a feminist is that you just like having 80 kids and being barefoot and pregnant. Like, they think that you like the pain of childbirth and the You're pain of... You're not smart enough to know that you could have more. That, that and no, they just think they're like, I could never, I don't have the same patience you have. We hear that all the time. Every homeschool mom has heard that. Mm -hmm. Every mom who has more than two kids has heard, wow, I just, you know, I was never as nurturing. I, I never really was a person who liked babies that much. It was really hard for me when my kids were born. And it's like, gosh, was it? Tell me about this hardness. What is this difficulty <laughs> of which you speak? Because here I love nausea and heartburn and uh, contractions those and dishes that's my idea of a good time right in dishes <laughs> yeah. i love dishes so that's the frustrating well, thing what i i guess what i was i was using the word boredom but i i discontentment um a, a sense of loss that things are not as they should be things are supposed to be better than they are things are supposed to be more interesting than they are more mm -hmm. fulfilling than they are um and I think that that's a human, a human thing. Um, we, when you talk about, well, going to do a show, for example, uh, and having a really, really tiny little crowd show up. <laughs> it's always this <laughs> always brings you to this place. The size of your most recent show. What am show I doing with my life? Almost always well, guarantees what we're going to be talking about because. It, it's I, I think there's a parallel. <laughs> I think there's a parallel. I think Carl knows what it's like to go out and do a thing because you have some passion for the thing Wait, or because Carl, it's responsible for Carl the thing. Carl knows what it's like to go out and do a thing if Carl is a man. If Carl is a woman, he doesn't really know what it's like to go out and do a thing. He knows what it's like to stay in and wish he was going and okay, doing the, Okay, but the discontentment is what I'm talking about. Right, Whether okay. you're discontent because you're staying home doing a thing or you're going out and doing a thing, the fact is you're doing a thing. You're staying home and doing your thing with the kids is the same as me going going out and doing my thing for a tiny little group that nobody, you know, w without any sort of uh, fanfare and recognition. And it feels like it doesn't matter. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. I'm talking about doing things that do matter, even though it feels like they don't matter. And even though there would be people who would look at it and say it doesn't matter because there's nobody there. We, I get it. You don't, yeah, you do too. You have people show up when you well when you were commenting on facebook you know making uh 
making uh, comments about you being a, a housewife, you know, how you're just a housewife, Midwestern housewife who doesn't do anything. You just stay home with the kids and all that. So that was their, that was their way of trying to diminish what you do. Right. And, and it translated for me, it was when you're a no name comedian, who's never done anything, you know, and they would always put comedian in quotes, like it, like it wasn't earned. Right. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about having, having no, uh, uh, having, having no fanfare. That's not the right way to say it, but there's just, you just aren't appreciated for, by anyone and you don't need to be appreciated, but that's what you have to, that's what you have to fight against. You have to, you have to rec- recognize what's going on. I'm doing a thing that I'm supposed to be doing and it's not the way I was expecting it or hoping that it would look or feel, but I should do it anyway. Mm-hmm. That's what you're saying. Yeah, well, that's that's what that's what I've been saying for a long, long time. And right. even saying that thing is something that I know I'm supposed to do, but it can be very easy to get bored with that and be like, I've said it so many times. Right. Surely people have heard this by now surely yes. they're getting tired of the repetition surely but there's there are more surely there's more exciting and new and fun things we can say there are more people who still need that message there are still women out there who think that they are unhappy because their husband doesn't help with the dishes enough there are still young girls out there who think that once they get to high school and they're able to wear some makeup or they get to college and they can make their own decisions about where to go at night or when they get married, they'll be able to have a house of their own. That's really when things are going to straighten out and they're going to feel better. Then they'll be super happy right. like their mom is. <laughs> like mom always was. Remember how happy your mom was? Because... <laughs> <laughs> because she's at home in her own house doing the dishes. Remember how happy that made her? That's uh, what you're looking forward to. So Tabby is pregnant again with number four. Mm-hmm. Have we told Carl that yet? Yeah, we did. Okay. Um, But she's super sick this week. She's not the same Tabby right now. She usually comes in with such a brightness and a and the, the glow is Tabby, not, not there right now. Tabby is effervescent is how I yes, have described yes. her. She's she just not boiling over at the moment. Yeah, right now she's a little sick. What's funny, Carl, I'm just going to talk to Carl for a moment. Okay. What's What's funny is that sometimes we as humans have an easier time seeing phenomenon phenomena outside of our own circumstances. It's easier for us to notice when another marriage isn't doing well or when another you know, kid who's not our own kid needs some sort of help with something. And for Luke, it has always been when Tabby is struggling, it affects him. And he starts <laughs> racking his brain with how he can like do better in our marriage, like how he can do better. How can I help Amanda because mm-hmm. Tabby is struggling? And here's what's really funny. Luke doesn't know this yet, but just yesterday, <laughs> Tabby, I was describing for her an issue that we had last week, Luke and I, about deer hunting. Luke was gone. She hasn't heard that story yet, and so I was filling her in. Carl. And Carl, Carl hasn't heard it yet either. I mean, it's just, he he had to chase a deer, a wounded deer. He wounded it, and he had to chase it for a long time. He was gone all day, the day before we left for the Fight, Laugh, Feast conference. And yeah, so, but when you tell it, it just goes so fast. Well, I don't want to tell the riveting, he I don't want it to be. a lot of the details. No, I don't want it to be an epic adventure like, like, 
Moby Dick, you know, hunting the it whale. It was better than Moby Dick. I don't want it, it to be an eleven hours. It was eleven hours in the oh, woods crappy. tracking a wounded deer. Right, the day before our family trip. Yeah. I said I'm going to go hunting, and then after that, I'll be at your service. <laughs> eleven hours I later, came back at like nine o'clock at night. No, you didn't even come in the house until eleven p.m. because he was hanging the deer covered from the ladder. in blood. And then the next morning, the day we left for the conference, he still had to drive the the deer a half an hour out to the butchers and then drive right. a half an hour back. So he had it. He was gone an hour mm. at least that morning. I can't wait for deer chilling this winter. This inconvenience wonderfully. Uh, Did she? <laughs> okay. So did you? Well, I was angry, <laughs> and I, I stopped talking. He's te- he started texting me while I texted him and was like, when are you going to come back? And he was like, I can't answer that question. And I was like, I think that if you're gone past this time, past 5 p.m., that's going to be too late because we had talked about how I didn't want him to go hunting and also go to open mic in the evening. And I'm like, well, if you stay out in the woods the whole time, you might as well have gone to open mic because you're gone even later than you would have been if you had. So... I said, I think that'd be too long. He's like, well, we're going to stay out here as long as it takes, is what he told me. And so I was like... Because at this point, he had already put an arrow through the deer, right? Right. One. Right. And right. yeah, we kept so, jumping him. So yes, yeah, without... still at large. That's, that's not the point. The point is that there was this... We had had this disagreement. We worked through it. Um, and with Luke's permission to talk about it, I was telling Tabby about it. And I had said to her... I had left at one point during all of this. I did not tell Luke where we were going. We went to get pull-ups for Silas, and I knew that he would think that we had left without him to go to the conference. I knew he would think that, but I also knew that I was coming right back. I, we were going to have to talk about it, and I told the kids, "Mommy and Daddy are, you know, out of fellowship right now. We're not. We need to still be home and talk. You guys are going to need to go out on the on the." trampoline for a while and play and they're like well when can we leave i said it depends on how long it takes the two of us to maybe on the out. trampoline till daybreak it, it could we'll be a while and so i told, all, told them all this up. but what was funny was i said to tabby luke still thinks that i didn't need to to be as over didn't need to be as expressive in my anger as i was he told me that he already knew even before i left the house and didn't answer my phone while i was gone and tabby was like well, that's okay. In a couple more weeks or, or months, Joe can do something inconsiderate. I can get upset, and then Luke can feel sorry for me and realize <laughs> <laughs> and realize what he did. And I laughed because it's like that has happened so many times. He does not understand that's it. That's what Tabby said? Uh, yes. I hate how profound that is. <laughs> yep. Oh. And then, oh, that's so great. And then Marla said, she's like, I think it's just because Tavi is more expressive in general. Like, she's she's more happy when she's happy. She expresses happiness even more. And she's also more sad when she expresses her sadness. Right. And so it has an impact on somebody, especially men who are more visual. And right. Tavi is definitely like, more emotive than you. Right. And Marla was like, you're just so stoic most of the time that it, it takes a lot for a guy to realize, oh, she actually is upset that's true you know? I mean, we don't know when you're mad because right. you do such a good job of controlling it which i'm aware of and i've yeah. i've lamented before i'm like i hate that i have i feel like in some ways i have to throw a fit and i don't want to i i think that'd be wrong but it feels like i sometimes have to because otherwise like the message is lost it's like he doesn't know if this is just a gen- she's okay. general it's, irritation. she's not mad yeah. on the on the rare occasions when she does break down i'm like oh i forgot she could do this <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I think that's what it is. I think Tabby's just easier to read. Well, there's no question right. about that. Tabby, Tabby is, uh, but Tabby will go through moments where she feels bad about that, where she feels like she should be more. Uh, right, we all do. Stoic. It's yeah. just that some of us cry while we're talking about it, and others just kind of say it in a matter of fact sort of way. But yeah, everybody feels like maybe I'm wrong for even having this feeling. Okay, well, let's just give it a little bit, see if it changes. No, it hasn't gone away. I'm still pretty mad at this guy. I guess I guess we better talk about it. You know that that kind of thing, that internal monologue happens. But yeah, Tabby was the one who yesterday was like, don't worry. Don't worry. Eventually Joe will do something. I'll be sad about then it. Joe, then Luke will finally understand. Right. He'll come to my defense <laughs> and then realize, oh this, oh, this is what I did to Mandy. This is why she was so upset. Yeah. So anyways. This is why we need family. This why? is why it's, it's so great that you guys are so close together so that you can so that you can benefit from each other's mistakes. Yeah, it was a good chat yesterday. Disasters. Everybody was here yesterday except Dad. Except for me. Uh, Tim and Marla, Tammy and Joe, Corey and Megan, and me and Luke all had lunch. And, and David. Chatted. Oh, yeah, Dave, yeah Uncle David. And my mom. Too. Yep, your mom. My, my mom was here? No, his mom. Oh, Luke's his mom. mom. Okay. Yeah, Teresa. Grandma I'm sorry, Teresa. I always make everything about me. <laughs> so it's really not about me. I don't know, guys. I don't know what else there is to say, really. Parenting, 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 parenting. <laughs> well, I, I tried to talk about comedy, but you didn't seem to think anybody would care about that. So. I do. No, I I think it's just two different languages. Like, I just think that men and women respond to different ways of saying stuff, even though the... Even though the general like sinfulness and the fight against good and evil is the same, like the flesh still yeah, wants what the yeah, flesh yeah. wants, but we just don't talk about it the same way. And that's what I told Luke. Like, what hurt my feelings this week when he was out in the woods hunting the deer? He's like, "Gosh, it was just so raw." Like I had, you know, this high of shooting the deer, and then all of a sudden this dramatic letdown from losing it. And then the whole day I was praying and asking God if, you know, could I please just can I please just find the deer, but also your will be done and, you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, Luke, the fact that you think you need to go away to have those experiences when like you're describing what women would describe yes, as labor. I should have stayed home and shot you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, please God, help me find my wounded wife <laughs> out in the bushes. It's, it's but your will same, be done if she... The same spiritual battle. And, like, women talk about this kind of stuff, too, when it comes to the, like, the horrible letdown of, like, you have this high of bringing a new life into existence, you know, and you and you have this baby, and everybody tells you it's going to be the best experience of your life, you know, to look upon your baby. And then for so many women, they look at it, and it's like this shriveled up, cheesy, screaming, like, alien-looking thing, and Stinky. they don't immediately bond with it. And then they're like oh, crap, what do I do? And they're begging God, please, God, let me love this baby because I don't know how to, like, I don't know what I'm going to do for all of its life. Well, how is that different from, from your husband out in the woods all? It's not different. You know, That's my like, point. Please, God, help me love that husband. Right, it's not. But my point is, like, Luke really craves, and, and men really crave, you know, an adventure, and they crave, like, being able to have that story to tell. And it's like, if you had called me, I would have understood better than you thought I did. Like, you didn't even give me the chance to 
to like speak into that adventure or to tell you what I already know about suffering and prayer. Like he asked me to pray for him. It was like a 30 second phone call. He's like, I'm going to have to go find this deer. I wounded it. And then he hung up and I, and I did not hear from him for like 10 more hours at all. There was no communication at all. And I was like, you know, I've had a lot of thoughts on this subject in the last 10 hours and I've had no opportunity to really share them with anyone. I'm just by myself. I mean, other than God, which is not insignificant, but like I'm praying, but he doesn't even know what I'm praying. Like he didn't know that I was asking God, God, if it's your will, please let this be a teachable moment for Luke. Even if that means that the deer doesn't get found, like even if that means that he has to spend 12 hours feeling like he wasted his time and the time of all the other men in the family who went out to help him. You didn't pray that the wounded deer would gore him. Did you? I didn't. (laughs) That would have been an even better story. (laughs) But I also have experience, like with postpartum depression, when when other women in our family have gone through it, I have never once prayed, God, please let them wake up happy tomorrow. Not once. Right. I have never asked that they get everything that their heart desires because their hearts are desperately wicked. I have always taught the women in our family to pray for God's will and then pray for the faith to trust that it's the best thing even when it's hard. That's the prayer that I pray. But I didn't even have the opportunity to explain that to my husband and to talk to him about it the way that I get to talk about it with my sisters. And that made me sad because I have a closer relationship with my sisters when it comes to matters of suffering and heartbreak and prayer even than I do with somebody who makes a habit of disappearing and, you know, disconnecting whenever there's something serious or life impacting that's happening. So... This is what separates this podcast. We give you real, gritty life experience <laughs> applications. Actually, and the we're not villain just out is here. actually sitting across the table. We're right not out now. here theorizing. Right. Who, who's the villain? The deer is Luke. not here. Luke and me. The deer gets here me. tomorrow. The deer is still at the butcher. Well, truth be told, um, I am not the world's greatest communicator. I don't. I don't call, text. Wicka wicka what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you're always on the phone with random people that call you. The, like I've, I've noted me. you as a person who maintains a lot of different relationships, which I thought was odd. They me, call me. They call the, number, you. the number of that's, outgoing that's calls from my phone is is very small. Hmm. And I'm talking about like calling your mom, calling calling Lori, and telling her what's going on. Um, I'm notoriously bad for about doing that. So, so I, I, you know, Luke being gone, I I wouldn't make an excuse for that or being incommunicado for ten Better hours. Not, but I would. I can understand it because I could do the very same thing, and and I would be out on the road. And uh, if you look at my phone, back in my hotel, it's, I've been gone all day. Mm-hmm. Back in the hotel, it's like I haven't talked to Larry at all. So, if you were to look at my phone records from that day like i was communicating a ton like the texts mm-hmm. between me and the guys that were out there and the phone calls and yep. we were in constant communication as we were trying to locate terminator and that's the name of the deer i know yeah i picked up on that yeah but i did not involve my better half yep right well and yep. and then we had a fairly good co- good conversation about why that can be detrimental to the relationship when a couple days later, said men, said 
friends and relatives who are men um, <laughs> were trying to say to Luke, where they were trying to steal into the garage in order to get the deer head so they could have it mounted behind both of our backs, really. they were Oh, they were going to steal the deer's head. And have it mounted. Because Luke, mounted. they said, you need to mount this deer. After all of this, you need to put it on the on a mount. Mm-hmm. And Luke was like, I don't know. I'm going to need to talk to Mandy about this. Because this is literally the end of the day, the day that they hunted. And right. I, he still hadn't talked to me at all. He knew that I was upset and we were going to have to to have some conversation about how to prevent this yeah. type of thing from happening the next time we're Feelings going out of town. Feelings were way too raw to be like, oh, by the way, can I mount that thing that you're <laughs> really unhappy about? Well, that would have been that could have been part of the conversation. But yeah, we needed to have a conversation at some point. And their, their response to him saying he needed to talk to me was, no problem. We'll just do it without either <laughs> without of you. you. She we can't won't be talk mad. to anybody. She can't be mad at you, Luke. We're the ones who did it. And it's like, if you don't think I can be mad at you, you don't know who I'm, who you're dealing with. Like You you know her even <laughs> less. What I yeah. said to Luke, and, and we agreed about this. Let's like, just not talk to anybody. <laughs> I, felt, I felt very understood by Luke, at least. Because I'm, I said, look, like, when you say you have to talk to me, you might think about just changing that verbiage a little bit and saying, maybe not I get to talk to her, because that does sound a little weird. That's a little too optimistic. (laughs) But it does need to be, you do need to be conveying the message that this is a good thing for both of us and for our marriage. Talking to me is not an obstacle to your happiness. It's a a growth opportunity. It is something that leads to both of our happiness down the road when we've matured. It's going to to blossom into a deeper and more fulfilling relationship. Right, where both of us have the opportunity to make some changes that are for our good, that are better for our relationship. And if you're conveying, if you're making it sound like, oh, it's a drudgery, I have to go home and talk to my wife, (laughs) then of course the, the problem they think needs to be solved is the wife you know, instead of right, right. Instead of the, or us. the problem to, to solve the problem is just I'll tell you what we'll just do the thing, right? So you don't have to talk to that. Her. Was actually the biggest takeaway of the whole the whole day was how I speak about my wife while I'm away because I was saying things like I'm not sure I even want to go home. I don't know what's waiting for me at home because I mean at this point it's seven p.m. Right, and we still haven't found this deer. Right, and. Well, there, there's the sure topic. There's the topic of this podcast that we should have started with. It's like I'm not this, sure what's waiting for me at home. Heaven forbid I pick up the phone and find out. Well, I'm just going to speculate about the, how mad yeah. she's getting. Right. I'm going to put off say, finding out as long as I, I can. I will hide until I cannot hide anymore. Right. Yeah. Maybe I'll just maybe I'll just leave. Surely maybe I'll just never go home. Now. <laughs> it's it's funny how the people who uh, there were there were people in. In my life when I was younger, I remember my grandmother and my grandfather fighting, and they both passed away now. But so, so you don't, you're not going to run into them, Carl. But I remember watching my grandmother light into my grandfather and just rip him up one side and down the other. And I remember thinking, I don't understand what's going on here because <laughs> my grandfather didn't ever seem to me like a guy who should. Or, or needed to be yelled at. You know what I'm saying? It was like the way that she was treating him seemed completely completely unnecessary for who he was. Mm. And and then as I as I got older and I started to listen to the way other people talk about their spouses in their absence, um, that 
that came back to me multiple times. And when someone, particularly if it was somebody that I didn't know the spouse, I was talking to either the husband or the wife and they would say, oh, you know, I'm going to get home and my husband is going to be blah, 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 blah. I remember thinking, mm, I wonder if that's true. I wonder, I wonder if, it, if the, the image that I'm getting in my head is actually true. And I wonder if you are intending for me to get this image or if you're just saying, because people try to be funny. You know, people go, boy, I'll tell you what, they're just going to be like a wrecking ball when I get home because they're trying to say, they're trying to communicate that, that my wife is upset with me. Mm. Um, but there's a, yeah, we have to be really careful well, about how we represent our we spouses to people it, who. But we talked about this just a few episodes ago about how conflict is an opportunity and that that poop, you know, the, the hard stuff, the conflict is the fertilizer from which good relationships grow. I thought you said poop. We okay. Right. We talked about how all the poopy parts of the relationship are actually good in the long run with the right perspective. It's like good poop. It's good to help growth. Um, and, and there's just a lot of people who don't understand that. So with the context that we understand that conflict is actually a growth opportunity and also many people don't, understand that conflict is a growth opportunity then we especially have to be careful not to be like oh yeah the fact that my wife and i are out of fellowship right now is like potentially a deal breaker like we probably are not going to be okay like i don't even want to go home because what's the point we're just going to be fighting and fighting is all bad all the time there's nothing good that ever comes out of fighting like we don't believe that we actually believe that this is what has the potential to set us apart in our marriage that it actually is fertilizer for our marriage and that we'll be better off in the long run so with that perspective it makes no sense to try to circumvent that conversation you're you're stealing from us the opportunity to improve our marriage if you if you come into the garage and take that deer head and try to prevent us from doing what a married couple does when they're when they're working things out and they're restoring fellowship like a person right right but that's so many layers down you're not going to get to now, I, I thought that was actually a good point that you made during our talk was that people like some of my own family members who would just do avoidance behavior on any kind of a difficult and challenging conversation. Right. Like they they keep the peace, quote unquote, but their relationship remains shallow for as long as they avoid. Like all of their relationships are shadow, shallow. And by right. having these conflicts right. and working through them, it just gets deeper and deeper. And right. It's it's right. peaceful, but it's not necessarily well. It's not. Good. Even, it's yeah. not peaceful though. That's the irony. And like, what is a deer head worth? Would what would you rather have if you had to choose? And the thing is, you don't have to choose. When you have a good marriage, you often get the deer head thrown in. But like, if you had to choose, there's your quote. For would this. you <laughs> Would you rather have a mounted deer head in your garage, or would you rather have fellowship with your wife? Like, would you rather have peace at home? Or would you rather have the deer head? And if you're a man who hasn't thought about it before and you're only looking for instant gratification and you and your buddies are going to go and, quote, help out another buddy by getting the deer head mounted for him, then, yeah, you're making the wrong call. Like, that's that's not going to lead to as much happiness as you think it's going to. Right. So. Right. I've noticed the phenomenon of, of if there was a dirt race on this calendar and I said, you know what, I'm going to stay home and not go to that. You were way more willing to send me to the dirt race <laughs> if you knew that I had prioritized you. Yep. Oh, no, so- honey, go. Yeah. I want you to. Isn't that... And here, take this deer head. <laughs> go to the race and come home with a deer head. That's what the... <laughs> That's what...
what you get when you're willing to communicate. So if you're if you want a good marriage, if you if you prioritize the marriage, then you get the deer head thrown in. Right. <laughs>